0: You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today, we're going to look back on our 2022 in books. But before we do that, let's catch up on life lately. Abby, what's new with you? I'm graduating this week. Yay, congratulations. Thank you. I finished all my assignments. We have our pinning ceremony tomorrow night. And then I can register for my nursing board exam on Saturday. Very cool. You set out to do it, and you did it. Sure did. What's new with you, Sarah? I am starting a new job. Yay! Yeah, I am moving from the public services side of librarianship to the tech services side, doing more of the the behind-the-scenes work, and I'm moving from the public library to the academic library at Indiana University. I still have about a week and a half at the public library, and then I'll start my new job just before Christmas. So exciting. It is exciting. I feel a little nervous, just that apprehension of what's mm-hmm. to come, but also very excited to take on a new challenge. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. Abby, what is your latest book? I recently finished We All Want Impossible Things by Katherine Newman. Longtime listeners will know that Katherine Newman is one of my favorite authors. Her memoirs about being pregnant and parenting are some of the best things that I have read in that genre. Mm-hmm. But this is a novel that she wrote that is loosely based on supporting her best friend who died of cancer in the last few years. And so she fictionalized it, but a lot of it feels kind of memoirish because it's a Mm first-person novel. And so basically, it's just all about the interactions that she has with this dear friend, with all the hospice people, with all the people that love her and love them. And it was a really hard book to read, but it was so beautiful and it was so funny. It had that sort of Mm. same gallows humor as The Bright Hour, which is Mm -hmm. my favorite Mm -hmm. ever cancer memoir, and I just loved it. I would recommend it to everyone. You recommended it to me, and it's on my list. What have you been reading, Sarah? Over the Thanksgiving break, I read Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. This novel follows the friendship between Sam and Sadie from when they meet as kids in the hospital in the 80s through their late 30s, maybe early 40s. It comes up to present day. When they were in college in the early 1990s, they reconnected and designed a video game together and then go on to found a gaming company. And really, the book is a love story of their friendship, mm. which I found just so beautiful. I really enjoyed getting a look into the world of gaming as I didn't play many video games as a kid and I don't play any as an adult and it gave me a real appreciation for games as art. Hmm. It didn't inspire me to want to play but it did make me think about them in a new way and I really loved that. I also loved that the characters felt very real and made very real mistakes And just felt like whole, complicated people. Mm. It's hard to think of anything I didn't like. I would recommend it. It's one of my top books this year, as you'll hear shortly. And this one's on my list, too. I think a listener Instagrammed us about this book Mm. maybe several months ago. Okay. But I'm still on the list at the library. It's worth the wait. Let's keep talking about books and give an overview of our year in reading. How did you feel about reading generally this year? I feel pretty good. I'm surprised that I read as much as I did with being in school so very full-time. I wasn't sure Mm -hmm. how it would look. And I love that I relied on reading for self-care as much as I did this year. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? It felt fine, which I think is the same thing I said last year. (laughs) (laughs) I read over 100 books, but... I wouldn't have gotten there without a slew of graphic novels in the last month or so. Mm -hmm. I think that meh feeling is also due to reading fewer real winners. I looked at how many books I gave five stars this year, and it was only eight books, which is less than half as many as last year. I read lots of books that were solid and enjoyable, but fewer that just really blew me away. Hmm. And I think that left me feeling like, yeah, I was reading but it didn't move me as much as it normally does. Interesting. Not a horrible year, but not a top reading year, I would say. What did reading look like for you throughout the year in terms of format, time of day, how you're fitting it in, etc.? So as is my custom, I read mostly on Kindle and some audio. I did read two paper books this year because I could only get them from the library on paper and they were ones that I really wanted to read. Mm-hmm. And most of my reading time is at night before bed, which is also pretty usual for me, though there were some books where they were so good I read them at all times of day and carried them along with me <laughs> to clinicals uh-huh. or to class so that I could keep reading because it was so good. <laughs> That's the best feeling. It was. What about you, Sarah? I listened to fewer books than last year, but still about a third of my reading was audio in some form. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of switching back and forth, either between audio and print copy or Kindle and hard copy, depending on where I was. I like to read Kindle if I'm in bed at night or if I'm eating Mm. or when I'm at work because I'm just not as worried about it getting smashed and messed up in my bag. Yeah, yeah. And then when I'm at home just reading on the couch, I like to read the hard copy. My audiobook listening mainly came when I started running more outside I found Mm. it very boring to listen to music while I was running. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) And really nice to just have the distraction of wanting to keep listening and something that was engaging my mind more than just wondering when I was going to be done because this song is so annoying to me. (laughs) (laughs) Recently, I've been in a good reading groove, and that has happened Reading when I first wake up, leaving my phone in my room, going out into the living room and reading for a solid hour before the kids get up. Mm. I am hoping to continue this through the winter, adding in my sad lamp to get some light therapy while I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Just find it to be such an enjoyable way to start the day. And I read some at night, but our kids are going to bed at basically the same time we are, and it just feels like a less... (laughs) That I can count on that time less than I can count on the time in the morning. Fair. Did you read as much as you wanted? Any particular reading slumps and general challenges you found in your reading life? Yes, as I already said, I was really pleased with how much I read. And I think I did a good job prioritizing reading for pleasure this year. I definitely had little lulls here and there as school got busier. Especially in my first two semesters of school, we would have some weeks where we would have two or three tests. Mm-hmm. And with how I procrastinate on studying, there just wasn't a lot of time for reading for pleasure those weeks. But there was time while you were procrastinating.
1: <laughs> yeah, the weeks out. leading
0: up to it, <laughs> I read plenty <laughs> when I probably could have been reviewing nursing knowledge. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then I think I also had little lulls where, like, I would read three books in a row that were fine but not great. Yes. And that starts to feel like, ugh, something's got to give here, or else yeah. I'm going to start doing a lot more scrolling on my phone or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I was ever really in a noticeably large slump. Mm. That's so nice. It was nice. I never feel like I read as much as I want to, because there's always just so many books in a stack at my house (laughs) that I don't get to before they have to go back to the library. (laughs) I know. But I did always feel like I was reading something. I read the least in April, May, and June, which I think was a combination of lots of things. It was the end of the semester for me, and then that really short class I took in the summer that was more condensed. Oh, yeah. And we were having to make all the decisions about the renovation, and Mm. so I was spending a lot of time looking up stuff for that, which is not my favorite way to spend time, but you really do get sucked in. And it takes a lot of time Mm -hmm. to do that. And I think during that spring time span, I just took the road of least resistance at the end of the day and would read on my phone, Reddit threads, instead Mm -hmm. of picking Mm -hmm. up a book, because it just felt easier. I also think there were a couple points where I really needed to quit the book, and I Mm -hmm. didn't. And Mm -hmm. I just powered through. Mm -hmm. I would text you about a couple of them, That you had read. I was like, oh, I'm just struggling. You're like, quit the book, Sarah. And I I didn't. I kept going. (laughs) Recently on the Girl Next Door podcast, Kelsey was talking about if she makes it like a third of the way through the book and then quits it, she still counts it as a book that she read and Mm. will give it a rating and include it. And I was like, oh, that might help me. Because I think once I get to a certain point, I'm like, well, I've already committed this time to it. And so I want it to be a book that I've read, like that I feel... (laughs) Like, I don't want to abandon it because then it's like I don't get credit for the book. Oh, that's Which so is something that could probably, uh, deserves a lot of unpacking in terms of <laughs> my own psyche. But I wonder if that would help me if I just said, hey, you made it this far, you didn't like it, but you can still at least count it in some way. Like, maybe I could have a goal of counting how many books I abandon mm-hmm. next year, and it could be a yeah. separate list, and that that could be a good thing to have Books in that list that didn't work for me. Yeah, so maybe I'll make that a goal, like to have at least five abandoned books. I should probably say more than that, at least ten. I feel like <laughs> I read a lot of books I shouldn't have read this year. <laughs> so I have a shelf on Goodreads that's an exclusive shelf. So you know, you mm-hmm. have to read and read mm-hmm. and currently reading. And if if you have a book on that shelf, they can't be on any of those other ones. And I have yes. a fourth one which is started but not finished. Okay, so. When I have something that I'm abandoning, when I had several this year, I should look and see how many I had. Yeah. I put it on that shelf. And it's not just so that I can keep track, because honestly, I don't feel like I need credit for starting and not finishing things, but mm-hmm. it's so I'll remember to not start mm-hmm. them again. Mm-hmm. If I completely take them off my shelf, yeah, then I forget. <laughs> That's happened to me with books in the past. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, I don't like this. (laughs) Or like, oh, gosh, I got to about the same point, and I still hate it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to need you to give me a tutorial on that, because I also have a started, not finished shelf that I created, but it's not in the exclusive list part of it. And so then it becomes really complicated where it thinks that you've read it, or I don't know. It didn't seem to be working in the way that I thought it would. So Your Way sounds better, and I'm going to adopt it, and I'm going to abandon more books this next year. I've abandoned nine. So far this year. Yeah. That's a lot. That's good. (laughs) Just counting through my shelf real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Something to aspire to. (laughs) Did you have any surprises in your reading life this year, like books that you expected to love but didn't, or genres that you were drawn to that you did not expect to be? So unsurprisingly, romance and historical mysteries were a massive hit for me this Mm year. (laughs) One small surprise is that I found the genre of cozy sci-fi this year Mm -hmm. and read quite a bit of that, and it was lovely. Yeah. The surprise genre for me was graphic novels this fall. I started reading them to expand my reader's advisory knowledge for work, and then E started wanting to read them too because I was reading a lot of middle grade graphic novels. Mm -hmm. And so we started reading them together, not out loud, just we would both be reading them and then talk about them. Like a little mini book club. So fun. I don't know that I read more than one adult graphic novel, but reading so many in November, I just really see the appeal in a way that I hadn't been drawn to them before. They were fun and easy to consume in an evening Mm -hmm. and just felt very satisfying. I like that. I hope to mix more of those in over the next year as well. I was also surprised by how little we read aloud as a family. In 2021, we read close to three dozen chapter books together, Mm. but this year, I think we read six. And part of that is that we read both Anne of Green Gables and Laura Ingalls Wilder's The Long Winter, both of which took forever (laughs) to get through. Yeah. (laughs) The Long Winter. I mean, the name of that book, for one thing. But it really feels like the longest book. <laughs> yes, it does. The kids love them both. They were into it. They would always want to keep reading, but it was slow going for me as the reader. And so I was less inspired to want to read for long stretches and yeah. to really prioritize getting everyone ready so we had the time. It was like, oh, look, time's up. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> and then sometimes we were just reading more picture books. And then also, the kids' reading has really taken off. So, lots of evenings they were happily reading their own books, mm-hmm. and it felt easier and more relaxing for me to just pick up my own book as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So, less reading aloud, but I do hope to get back into a better routine with that in the new year. I think a lot of things will be shifting with my hours of work shifting and just hoping to bring that back in a little bit more than we did this past year. And maybe abandoned books. That I don't enjoy reading aloud, yeah. even if my kids do. I think it was hard because they liked it. And so yeah. I wanted to keep going, but then I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. We need to find more whole family winners. When they found out there were more Anne of Green Gables, they were like, great, we can read that next. I was like, mm, or maybe you could read that on your own. <laughs> and I love Anne of Green Gables. Me too. But it is, as a read aloud, it is slow going. Absolutely. Very descriptive. <laughs> Did you meet your Goodreads challenge goals, and what is your goal for the coming year? Yes, I always meet my Goodreads goal because I set it low, just in case, (laughs) because I like winning. (laughs) Know thyself. So my goal was 60, but I've read 83 so far this year and plan to keep reading through December, so I'll certainly get a few more in. Yeah. I just hit a hundred, which was my goal, and I think I'll get in another half dozen or so before the year is out. Lots of those were shorter books this year, including more than a dozen graphic novels. But I feel great about it, considering I was balancing reading with school and parenting and social life. I wasn't sure that I would hit the goal, and it feels great. I like a hundred as a nice round number. (laughs) And I also think that when I am reading eight or more books a month, that's when I feel like I'm in a really good reading groove. Mm. So feels like the right goal for me of trying to make reading fit in my life in the way that feels good. Nice. Let's talk a little bit about how reading looked with our kids this year. Anything new, fun, or notable about their reading life? Blum is reading independently for real. Nice. Her favorite books to read solo have been the Dragon Masters series. Mm -hmm. She gets them from the library and reads them over and over. Her favorite thing lately is the info book that explains all the dragons and their powers and how much they Mm -hmm. weigh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She likes to walk me through it and show me all the things. Yeah. I love for her to have her own interests. I will confess that I have tried reading the Dragon Masters aloud. I tried with one to Mm -hmm. both Plum and Pepper. And I was like, I think we need to just stick with other books (laughs) because they don't really do it for me. (laughs) But I'm very pleased that she's into them. And then her favorite picture books that we read this year were Stella Luna by Janelle Mm -hmm. Cannon and Sophie's Chickens by Phoebe Wall. And then Pepper loves to be read to still and his favorite books were Three Cheers for Kid McGear" by Sherry Dusky Rinker and The Elbow Grease Books by John Cena. And mm. those Elbow Grease Books, honestly, are mind-numbing to me, but he loves them so much that <laughs> we did get them from the library multiple times. Yeah. Elbow Grease is a monster truck who has adventures with his monster truck friends. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Not my favorite. but. We didn't read any chapter books this year. And I think it's because Pepper is on the verge of Mm -hmm. wanting chapter books. And Mm -hmm. Plum is happier reading on her own, Mm -hmm. you know, than sort of picking the chapter books that would work for Pepper. So I'm hopeful in this next year that we'll be able to do some of the more accessible ones that I did with Plum at this age, like The Wild Robot Mm -hmm. that have pictures still. And have really short chapters, which is great for the reader, so there's good stopping Mm -hmm. points throughout, Mm -hmm. but that we can hopefully get into more continuous reading next year. Yeah. What was reading like for your family? The kids did lots of independent reading, which was great. E's favorite books recently have been The Babysitter's Club and Babysitter's Little Sister graphic novels and graphic novels more generally, as I mentioned, that we've been reading a lot of them together. For HP, he has been going through the Ranger's Apprentice and Brother Band series by John Flanagan, which I don't know too much about. It's middle grade. It's not fantasy, but I think it is set more in medieval type times Mm -hmm. and real adventure stories, but there's not magic or other elements like that. Both my kids have really gravitated towards realistic fiction, Hmm. which was similar to how I was as a kid. And then got more into fantasy fiction as an adult. So we'll see how that plays out. He also loved The Diary of a Wimpy Kid series by Jeff Kinney and The Hazardous Tales graphic novels by Nathan Hale, which are graphic novels that cover a specific time in history. So there's mm. a World War I, there's Revolutionary War, there's lots of different ones. And both kids read lots and lots and lots of Calvin and Hobbes and Big Nate That was a shared love of theirs over the year, and I'm sure I'm missing some. Honestly, it's hard to keep track and to remember what was happening in the spring Mm because it feels so long ago, but I would say they've both had great reading years, and it's been fun to see them explore their interests through reading and find things on their own HP found that Ranger's Apprentice series because a friend of his recommended it and said, I think you'd like that. And I was like, yes, that is the best way to find books. And just having that experience of sharing books with friends and Uh not just with a parent. So love that for them. Me too. Now let's go through our favorite reads of the year in various categories. Let's start with fiction. My favorite fiction was hard to choose because I love mm-hmm. so many books this year. But my top three were We All Want Impossible Things by Katherine Newman, mm-hmm. The Golden Enclaves, The Third Man's Book by Naomi Novik, and The Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kidd. Mm. Mine were Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zeppin, The Henobores by Adiba Jagudar, and How Beautiful We Were by Imbolo Mboy. How about Romance? My top romances this year were The Palace of Rogue series by Julianne Long, which I have just finished, the fifth book in that one. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And Honey and Issue's Guide to Fake Dating by Adiba Jagudar. Mine were The Love Hypothesis by Ali Hazelwood, which I think was a favorite of yours last year, and I didn't get around to reading it until this year, and Mad About You by Vary McFarlane. Oh, so good. Just love everything she writes. Me too. I was talking with a friend yesterday who enjoys slow burn romances. I was like, "Have you read Barry McFarland?" And when she said no, I was like, "I am so excited for you! Please go get all of these books and read them." Oh, so good. <laughs> what about nonfiction? My top two nonfiction reads were "Listen to Me, Good: The Story of an Alabama Midwife" by Margaret Charles Smith and Linda Janet Holmes, and "How the Word Is Passed" by Clint Smith. My favorite was "The Power of Fun" by Katherine Price. But I will say I read less nonfiction than ever this year and had, oh yeah, fewer to choose from. Me too. Most enjoyable reading experience Nora Goes Off Script by Annabelle Monahan. This is one I haven't talked about on the pod because I just read it, mm-hmm. but I read it on Kindle and then also I had the audiobook. So then I listened to it again because <laughs> I liked it so well. And then the Monk and Robot books by Becky Chambers and the Murderbot series by Martha Wells. And then the books that you recommended to me, The Lady Harley Mysteries by Diane Freeman. Mm -hmm. The Lady Harley ones are also on my list. I read the first one last year and enjoyed it. And then you were talking about wanting a new historical mystery. And Mm -hmm. I asked if you'd read these. And then you liked them so much. I was like, that was a good book. I should read the rest of them. And then I went through and read the rest and just very delightful. I also really enjoyed the final Inheritance Games book, The Final Gambit, mm-hmm. and the duology of K-pop Confidential and K-pop Revolution by Stephen Lee. What about your favorite memoir of the year? The best memoir I read was Somebody's Daughter by Ashley C. Ford. Mine was Between Two Kingdoms by Suleika Jawwad. What about your favorite audio listening experience this year? Mad About You. By Byron McFarlane, mm-hmm. which we've already mm-hmm. talked about. And this is one that you encouraged me to get on Audible because I was like, eh, I don't have anything to read. Maybe I was in like one of those little lulls and you uh-huh. were like, the new one just came out. And I was like, I have an Audible credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then How the Word is Passed by Clint Smith, which is read by the author and really fantastic. Yeah. I really liked My Lady Jane by Cynthia Hand, Jody Meadows, and Brody Ashton. And Hani and Ishu's Guide to Fake Dating by Adiba Jagudar. And I listened to both. We both mentioned that one and The Head of Wars. They were both really good audiobooks. Awesome. What was your favorite read aloud? Both kids and I loved Little Witch Hazel by Phoebe Wall. Mm -hmm. And I loved it so much that I bought it. At our local bookstore, we had it from the library and then I was like, oh, we need to own this because the illustrations are incredible. Phoebe Wall is an author illustrator who lives in Washington state. Okay. And so I actually bought some of her art this year too, but Mm. the whole book is like art. And the book has four separate stories that each correspond Mm -hmm. to one of the four seasons. And so it's a really good book to sort of get in a seasonal frame of mind throughout the year. Mm. I just love it so much. Okay. I'm getting it at the library today. That sounds amazing. It's so good. Our favorite read aloud was Astrid the Unstoppable by Maria Parr. I just find her writing to be so funny and engaging, and we all love it. We also reread the first Penderwicks and read the latest Vanderbeekers, which mm. were also up there for us. And then right now, I got a lot of Christmas books at the library. Oh, and yeah. so we've just been doing picture books christmas reading every evening and i just love it and i think now we have so many memories of the different stories and every Mm. time it's like oh yeah we remember this one and talking about it and it feels like so much a part of the family culture and then also just feeling like i don't know how much longer hp is gonna want to read christmas picture books Mm. each year and so just really soaking that up has been one of my favorite read aloud experiences with them this year that's awesome I will say that I loved Christmas picture books throughout my whole childhood. Like, I remember coming home for Christmas in college and reading Christmas picture books Mm -hmm. with my mom and sister. So, well, I hope that for us as well, because it's one of my favorite parts about anticipating the holiday. Looking ahead to 2023, what are you most looking forward to about reading? So I always am excited about the continuations of all my series Mm -hmm. and new releases from my favorite authors. So there will be a new Vary McFarlane, hopefully, next year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I also added new series this year. So The Palace of Rogues and The Lady Harley Mysteries will probably each have a new book Mm -hmm. next year. So I have those to look forward to. I also haven't read the new Kate Bayer book of poetry yet, so I'm looking forward to that in my reading life soon. And I'm also planning to reread the Skolmance books now that the series is complete. They came out Mm -hmm. so far apart, and they're so detailed Mm -hmm. that I didn't always keep track of the details. And I think rereading or relistening is going to be totally awesome. Yeah. See, it was good that I didn't read them when you first recommended them because yeah. I just finished the first one and now I'm going to be able to just go straight through. <laughs> I love that for you. Like you, all the continuations of my favorites Veronica Speedwell, Lady Sherlock, Lady Harley, the new Barry McFarlane, etc. I am also hoping to do more rereading. I reread a few things this year and it was just so nice knowing what I was getting. Mm. I think I'm feeling that more strongly after feeling like there weren't as many good books. It's like, no, I just want to know I'm going to love it. And there are several books I have in mind as potential rereads. And I think I need to keep that in mind too when I'm feeling not excited about ones that I've picked up. Yeah. It's like, no, Sarah, you have a whole catalog of books that you love. You can just go back to that and then try something new after. Mm-hmm. So that's my plan. That wraps up our conversation about books for the year. Listeners, we would love to hear your favorite books of 2022 and what you're excited about for 2023. Now let's end by sharing something we've been eating lately. I spent my morning attempting to make a caramel sauce. It did not go as planned. It's one of those <laughs> things I actually feel sort of resentful when I read a recipe and it tells me how long it should take and it takes me so much longer. Yeah. Then it says... It's just rude. Like, does physics work differently where you are? I don't understand. (laughs) So I was making this Sally's Baking Addiction salted caramel. I made a chocolate cheesecake last night. E had been asking to do that for a really long time. We made that. It was ready to eat. I was like, you know what I'm going to have for breakfast? Chocolate cheesecake with caramel sauce and whipped cream. (laughs) So... (laughs) Like you do. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I started making the caramel sauce. You put a cup of sugar in the pan, and you just heat the sugar until it melts, which I've never done that. I think when I've made caramel before, it's always with the butter to start, Uh and then that all melts together. Well, that took so long. It was supposed to only take 10 minutes, I think, and I listened to an entire podcast (laughs) just stirring the sugar around. (laughs) And then you add the butter after that, and it had said... If it starts to separate, remove it from the heat and whisk vigorously, which is sort of scary when you're making caramel because it's really hot. I've already burned myself once in this experience. Got my whisk. I'm trying to do it. And then the caramel's cooling. So it's just this hardened lump of caramel on my whisk that I'm trying to beat into the melted butter along the edges. Then the whisk handle just breaks off while I'm in the midst of trying to get this (laughs) sauce back together. And I was like, well. I don't know what to do now. So I try and tap off as much of the caramel as I can that's in a the hardened lump. I move it back to the burner. I was like, maybe I can remelt it because it feels like it's cooled and hardened. And if I heat it up more. And of course at this point I'm like, well, I'm just so far off the recipe, who even knows how this is gonna work out. And so I go ahead and add the cream, which is the next step. And I think, I don't know if I'm just wasting this cream, because who knows what's gonna happen. Let it heat up. And then these hunks of caramel are slowly melting into it. But then I'm worried because I'm heating it for so much longer than it says you're supposed to. You're only supposed to do it for one minute. And things like that really matter in terms of how hard the caramel ends up being at the end. But I was like, well, I don't know what else to do. So did that for a while. I kind of tried to strain out some of the lumps (laughs) because they didn't seem to be melting. they weren't melting. Yes. (laughs) And then I let it cool added the salt, and honestly, it turned out okay. All of that is to say, I do have an edible caramel sauce. It does have tiny flecks of hardened caramel within it. It's not completely smooth. I did have it on my cheesecake. I made the whipped cream, had it for breakfast with my coffee. I was thinking that maybe I could make caramel sauce as gifts for people this year. (laughs) And now I'm like, no, I can't. So next time I'm going to look for a recipe That is even easier than this four-ingredient, supposedly 15-minute experience from Sally's Baking Addiction. But Sally, I'm sure it is me and not you, but I don't know that I can do it again. (laughs) Sally doesn't usually let us down. (laughs) I know. So if listeners have an even easier, more foolproof caramel recipe, please send it my way. I'm in need. We need something that's proven to work, please. What have you been eating lately? I wanted to share about two new-to-me cheese spreads from Trader Joe's. The first is the Unexpected Cheddar Spread, and we have loved their Unexpected Cheddar Cheese for a long time. This is like a crumbly, aged cheddar that has like Mm -hmm. kind of crystals in it. You know, it's that texture. It's really good for a grilled cheese, but it takes a long time to melt, so you have to cook it really low and slow. But they made it into a spread, which is so good. And the other one is the Syrah-soaked Toscano cheese spread, and I was the only one in our family who liked this, so I have eaten it all myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It does have a little bit of a wine flavor, but other than that, it's just a really flavorful, delicious, spreadable cheese, which is one of my favorite things. Same. Sounds delicious. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. If you've not yet left a review for us on Apple Podcasts, it would be a lovely holiday gift if you are so inclined. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes in your podcast player. We are also on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or you can email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Your cats are so I know, I know. He's just right here. Duncan. He's like he's like, I'm not dead yet. My body's trying to kill me. I lose a pound every time we go back to the vet, but I'm still here. You're still there, Duncan.
1: I'm (laughs) sorry, keep going. You're
0: such a good boy. Can you be quiet?